0: Hey Jeff. Hey Josh, how you doing? I'm doing real good. Hey, welcome to the Christian Free Thinkers Project. Thanks, buddy. Um
1: welcome to the Christian Free Thinkers Project also. Yeah, man. I know it's been a little while. It's it's been a minute. It has <laughs> it has been a minute. I feel like um I feel like we're a couple busy guys.
0: We really we really are, honestly. Um So everyone knows, you know, I've been I've been traveling like three of the last uh, four weeks, and um, it was just kind of honestly put a a damper on our ability to record and to even do research. Um, And I know Jeff, you've been doing a lot of a lot of work. Life is getting busy for you at home as well. So. I mean, I mostly place the blame on you, but, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm willing to just
1: kidding. That. No, it's definitely it's it's been uh, it's absolutely been both of us. Uh, even even today, we're about a half hour behind and on uh, on my
0: account. So, <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. Um, so I know. So Jeff and I have been kind of talking and um, kind of what we want to do moving forward with uh, the Christian Freethinkers project is that, that we, we, had, we had kind of done a little bit of work and it kind of felt like we were doing a lot of work in regards to the uh, deconstruction aspect where it kind of felt like we were kind of doing a lot of, um, a, lo- a little bit of comparison, a little bit of slamming in comparison to, you know, what we're trying to do compared to, you know, other types of Christianity, the Christianity that, you know, we had come from, um, and, and kind of, we're, we're looking to really kind of start trying to do a little bit of, of reconstructing and building. And so Jeff had this amazing idea, which of course, um, we had to go for. And the reason, I mean, it's an amazing because idea. Because idea I, I, so I received this, this text from Jeff about a couple of weeks ago. And he's like, he's like, dude, have you read C.S. Lewis's mere Christianity and, of course, my response to him is, I own three copies of it. What do you mean? Have I read C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity? Have you? And he's like, no, I've never read it before.
1: Uh, I will say that my response to Josh was, of course, that's great that you own three copies of it. Have you read it? <laughs> and those? yes, I have actually read all three <laughs>
0: copies because um, I didn't discover I had three copies. I just, for some reason, every time I went to read it, I couldn't find the book. So I had to keep going, go buying it. Um. <laughs> um. But anyway, so we had decided to, I mean, going through it, you know, Jeff and I have been reading it on our own. And this is kind of really our first ability to kind of sit and talk it out with each other, which we thought we kind of would want to share with you guys. Um, but we, we wanted to break this down into a, I mean, it, there's so much meat here, we wanted to break this down into a series. Um, and we're going to start this out with, for, with the first part. And really, this is going to be primarily about the, the preface, um, because there's a lot of meat just involved with the preface. preface. Um, so that's going to be this session is we're going to be doing Mere Christianity. If you want to obviously pick it up, read along um, and let us know if you uh, have a way of leaving comments, either on our blog at ChristianFreeThinkersProject.wordpress.com. Or you can find us on our, Word, on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Christian Freethinkers Project. Um, yeah, so Jeff, go ahead. Uh,
1: and uh, oh, I would just say, I would just say, uh, you know, just to add to that really, really quickly, if you have listened to us before, then you know that Josh and I have some um, unorthodox views. Uh, and I'm not talking about Greek Orthodox, I'm talking about just straight up across the denominational um board we've got some unorthodox views um if you haven't listened to us then at some point you might want to go back and and listen to our uh thoughts from previous episodes just to get an idea of um of of who we are and how we see things um because we want to be just completely candid and and open with everybody um and this is, you know, when I was going through this, one of the reasons that I um, wanted to cover this on the podcast was, um, as, as anybody who's been following the news with the church over the last few decades knows, millennials have been leaving in droves and um, being somebody that falls into that millennial category. I can say that I completely understand why, Um, you know, and C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity really presents a case that I think anyone who maybe was part of the church and gave up on what the church presently represents uh, in Western civilization and walked away. C.S. Lewis presents uh, something in Mere Christianity that, um, I think you will find not only brings you back, but explains to you to some extent why it is that you walked away. And it's in my opinion, not
0: you, it's them, (laughs) but that's just me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, so Jeff. Um, so by the way, everyone. So I'm I'm in Michigan right now, and Jeff is still in New Jersey. Uh, from the sounds of it, it sounded. It sounds like are you in on the road or are you at home? Uh, I
1: I am in my car now, pulled off <laughs> the side of the road.
0: All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this was strategic, okay. This was strategic. <laughs> you- I was in my home. I left my home because the signal was not strong enough. <laughs> so you literally ran out of the house with your with your. But hey, your thanks phone for uh, thanks for calling this. me out.
0: Wow. Yes. Yeah. My apologies to your family. So,
1: uh, so I apologize for any background noise. I apologize for any background noise. Um, but one of the things that that Josh said with respect to covering your Christianity and uh, his. Feelings on C.S. Lewis when we were talking about doing this, um, I said, you know, I love C.S. Lewis. Uh, it's it's like uh, talking to some weird variation of me. And and Josh, what did you respond?
0: I don't remember how I responded to this one. What did I Do respond? You remember? You said uh, you said that's that's also oh, yes. why I
1: hate C.S. Lewis because he is everyone's poster boy he uh, the evangelicals claim him as their own the uh Ang- Protestants, the anglicans the catholics the anglicans he's like the great uniter right and I, I think that there's so much to be said just from that and you start to see it as as soon as um the preface because You know, one of the things that he that he starts out with is a warning. And he literally says the reader should be warned that I offer no help to anyone who is hesitating between two Christian denominations. He literally takes the position from the word go. Hey, not going there. I am not going to tell you that you should be um, a Catholic or an Anglican or a Methodist. And, and this is coming from a guy who was an Anglican. And I think there's so much significance in that. Because you, you literally get, uh, you know, a solid page into the book. And he's coming out and saying, hey, by the way, I'm not going to help you choose between denominations. And you see the spirit in which he says that three sentences later when he says I am a very ordinary layman of the Church of England not especially high nor especially low nor especially anything else this is a guy who is giving this talk because it was originally a a lecture given during World War II on uh, BBC radio he's been asked by his nation, to come and give this talk. And he's going to lead with, I'm not especially anything. And I'm not going to help you pick between denominations. And from my perspective, so much of the reason that this book is able to speak to you or to anyone is because of the Absolute humility in which the message is presented. Uh, it's it is um, such to the extent that when I was going through the preface, I literally could not make it through without crying. And as we, as as Josh will tell you, I'm
0: the cryer oh yeah between the yeah two yeah yeah us. he's uh, he, he's got the waterworks going, but at least three times a day
1: the. It, The, yeah. Do you have the tissues in your car,
0: by the way? Uh, but,
1: oh yeah, absolutely. Come on. I'm no fool. (laughs) You gotta be prepared. (laughs) Um, but you know, the, the, uh, the humility that he, uh, starts the book with runs through the entire book. And, um, you know he makes this great this great point very early on that listen, our divisions between denominations have never brought some unbeliever into the fold. Our debates about uh, you know some uh, what seems like a huge thing to us, but some you know uh, difference of opinion on a theological point uh, aren't winning anyone over to Christianity and you know I think as far as as I'm concerned that's a huge part of the Christian free think oh project. absolutely
0: agree? I do absolutely I mean it, it's um I do like the point of of saying that you know this is not a a book that's really intended about internal squabbling between uh between denominations about arguing over you know uh, transubstantiation, consubstantiation about, you know, arguing over, uh, you, know, tr- you know, whether or not there is a Trinity, you know, well, most, most Christians will say, yes, that there is a Trinity, uh, but, you know, or debating on, you know, is, you know, was Jesus more divine than God or was he more, or was he more divine than human or was he more human than, than God, or was he mostly human? Um, all those sort of things. Um, even I love the fact that he called out into, um, again, into the introduction and, and part of the reason why Jeff and I are I think I want first I want to say part of the reason why we're starting with the introduction is because um, I find that most people ignore the introductions like most people bypass them and, uh, yeah you know, they're kind of like okay great just go straight I don't care about what the author was thinking I don't care about the fact that you know he you know that his his wife was so helpful in him writing the book blah 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 you know it's Um, like this is really kind of integral to kind of get into the head to understand what we're reading. And to be quite frank, you know, C.S. Lewis does a really good job of describing this. Um, But one of the examples he gave um, is talking about how um, when he later on in the books uh, discusses the uh, virgin birth of of Jesus, um, that he never, that he does not go into depth into describing the, Uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and he said that, you know, he received some criticism from people about not talking more about that. Um, And then he goes on to say that, isn't it, he thought it was obvious he's intentionally avoiding the topic because he knows that, um, that, you know, the Roman Catholics, you know, they will defend the Virgin Mary to the level, um, he describes it as having a chivalrous sensibility that a man feels when the honor of his mother or his beloved is at stake, Um, that there's that much passion um, in the the Catholic church regarding, you know, the blessed Virgin Mary. Um, And and then I love the fact that he talks about the even opposite perspective of, if he were to include it, at how opposed the Protestant beliefs are in regards to, um, and essentially at, at how, they view um, the raising up of the blessed Virgin Mary as being in conflict with the true roots of monotheism. Essentially, of you know, separate like when you start comparing the holiness of a of a created being, uh, when when holy is is something that Protestants will typically reserve for only uh, the Creator instead of the creature, um, and 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 then. And so that Protestants see it sort of
1: as borderline. Uh, well, paganism. polytheism,
0: polytheism is the way that they would describe it. And polytheism. essentially as giving a, a sort of, and, and, and this is where I grew up in, uh, the church I grew up in, you know, I was taught that that Catholics weren't Christians, that they were, they were actually polytheists and um, you know, they're, they're praying to these people who aren't God and they're treating them as if they are gods or deities and, um, and I think it's, and, and then he goes on to conclude, he says, if any topic could be uh, relied upon to wreck a book about mere Christianity, it would be, <laughs> surely it would be this.
1: <laughs> and, and and I'll tell you, on that note, I, I love uh, the fact that, yes, he, he approaches all of this with humility, but his humor just... hot knife through butter and it just it's 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 brilliant i mean he did such a great job even with that example of just sort of explaining to both sides hey look guys yeah this is why we're not going here we're not gonna do this and and literally and then he you know he bounces back to you know saying things like well so far (laughs) as i know these are my only motives for writing this book (laughs) like it's like, listen, guys. I mean, could it be that there's another motive I have? Right, that is entirely possible, <laughs> it's just that I'm not aware of it. So, <laughs> and also, it is really important to remember that this is um, this is a book that is uh converted from uh these uh radio uh presentations, okay? So, it's converted from an oral account. And um, these were these were talks that were given uh, during 1942, 43, and 44 on the BBC radio. So these these are messages that are being heard during the Blitz, during the bombing of London in World War Two. Um, and I think that's uh, such a profound thing when you think about the 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 grace and the the way that he speaks about um you know forgiveness and the way that he speaks about all of these inherent concepts of christianity it's so critical to remember he's not he's not saying that from a time of peace and he's not saying that from a safe place he's saying it from the position of one who is on the verge of being invaded by an enemy army, he's saying it from the perspective of someone who, just a few decades earlier, had fought in the front lines, uh, in the trenches of World War One. Um, and I, I don't think that the significance of that. Oh yeah, definitely overstated. not. Definitely not. Um. and and that that i mean that's something that even also comes up as soon as the as the preface oh yeah cuz well.
0: if i if i remember correctly the um it, initially he was asked to write these uh, these series of talks to be delivered to um to fighter pilots who were uh, fighting off the blitzkrieg as it was coming across and it was essentially ended up being so good that they said, no, no, no. Now you're, you're going to send this as a radio broadcast to the entire nation.
1: And, you know, one of the, the cool things that he also talks about in the prefaces, he says, um, uh, he, he, he talks about how he doesn't cover, um, he doesn't cover certain, um, certain temptations or sins in as great a detail as he covers others. Uh, And he says, and this is a quote, he says, no man I suppose is tempted to every sin. Uh, It so happens that the impulse which makes men gamble has been left out of my makeup. And no doubt I pay for this by lacking some good impulse of which it is the excess or perversion. And, and he goes on to say that, you know, he hated um, then I'm putting a little bit of, uh, I'm putting some words into his mouth. He, he didn't really appreciate when people would, you know, give him the old like pep talk, um, while he was on the front lines and they were safely at home during World War One. And so he felt uncomfortable with the idea of going, you know, full force on certain topics with which he was uh, viewing them from the safety of the sidelines. And I think that is also one of those things where, um, you know, you see the humility and you see um, the heart that is bringing forth the message. Also, the guy seems to have been as as conservative as he was, because he was definitely conservative. He also probably rankled conservatives as coming off as liberal. Um, you know, he talks about how he, he's like, I'm not going to touch on birth control. I'm not a woman. I'm not even a married man. And so, no, I, sorry, not going to do it. I, I think that when you when you view that in light of, hey, it's 1940. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I,
0: I, I appreciate that. He's willing to take that perspective. Um, and another thing that I really like what he's done um, in, in the introduction is he's, you know, very intentional in trying to talk about, you know, what, what exactly he means by, by Christianity. Um, and again, another kind of tongue in cheek example of, you know, how he you know, describes it, it. You know, he, he gives a comparison to kind of how the word Christianity has kind of melded, over the centuries um, up until uh, the modern time in which he wrote this. and as a contrast he gives gives the example of you know the word gentleman and how it originally meant something that was recognizable you know it was someone who had a coat of arms from their family and they had some property and it literally was so that way when you called someone a gentleman you weren't necessarily complimenting them you were just stating, a status of who they were like like you know you're a person who comes from a family with a coat of arms and you have some land um versus if you were to say someone is not a gentleman you're not necessarily insulting them but you're just saying they don't come from this background is all it is um and then he goes on to talk about how um and he said that going to say that that you know given an example of there's no such thing as a, there, there was no contradiction in saying that uh, his example was that to call John a liar and a gentleman. And, the, you know, so to say, like, you know, just because he's a gentleman, it doesn't necessarily give the um, expression as it has, you know, in the more modern times in which we view a person who is charitable, sensitive, uh, somebody who is, um, I'm trying to think of somebody who is brave. Um, you know kind of giving these things it, it's turned gentleman from a, 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 a status into a compliment and and it's really something that's reserved for somebody that you someone that you prefer someone that you care about um and he goes on to say that you know calling a man a gentleman in this new refined sense becomes in fact not a way of giving information about them but as a way of praising them to deny that he is a gentleman becomes simply a way of insult of insulting them and and when a word and he goes on to talk about how when a word ceases to be a term of description it becomes a word of praise it no longer tells you facts about that object but instead it tells you the speaker's attitude about that project about that object um, and then it goes on and also basically he says we already had a word for that we had lots exactly. of words for that. Exactly. <laughs> He goes on to say, you know, we had all that. And and then he goes on to say that that simply has kind of what happened too with the word uh, Christian. Um, He says, you know, now if we allow people to start spiritualizing or refining, or as they might say, deepening the sense of the word Christian, it too will speedily become a useless word uh, in the first place. Christians themselves will never be able to apply it to anyone. And it is for us to say who in the deepest sense is or is not close to the spirit of Christ. We do not see in immense hearts. We cannot judge and we cannot indeed forbid or we are indeed forbidden to judge and says, you know, it would be wicked arrogance for us to say that any man is or is not a Christian in this refined sense. Um, and he said and rather, you know, the name and he goes on historically to talk about how the first the name of the first Christians was given at Antioch in the book of Acts eleven twenty-six, 26 to the disciples and to those who accepted the teachings of the apostles. And he, and I love the fact that he goes on to say, um, that, that we need to kind of claim this as, as a person who, you know, follow accepts the teaching and follow that, that that is what a Christian is. But, and when we do that, then it becomes much easier to say that, he, we could then call a person who maybe doesn't live up to what would be what we would expect them to act like. We instead would not say that they're not a Christian, but we would just say that they're a bad Christian. Um, <laughs> I do, I love, do that. love that too. <laughs> and as a first, you know, because we can use other words. He is a Christian, and he's bad at it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he's just doing a terrible and to be, job. And with this, I mean, that's kind of what Jeff and I are. We're trying to do is we're. Um, we're trying to do this outside of the scope of, you know, with Christian free thought project, you know, we too are kind of trying to take the CS Lewis approach to things and saying that, you know, Hey, you know, pre in previous episodes, you know, we, we kind of went full force, you know, we kind of intentionally rubbed up against denominations. Uh, We intentionally poked the bear um, simply because that's kind of who we are as people. Um, And that's kind of, you know, where we we've ended up after our, our years of, of faith journeys. Um, and i and I'm, I think this is going to be kind of a nice, fresh thing for us to do is instead of, you know, poking at the bear, let's just get down to the root of what is mere Christianity as, as C.S. Lewis has, has said, um, you know, what is, you know, what are the commonality things in that really, that all Christians should be able to accept. And I think this is a great, great thing for us to talk about.
1: And, you know, in that same, uh, in that same spirit of humility, uh, C.S. Lewis ends the, um, ends the preface and, and probably, um, with one of the most profound thoughts I have ever encountered, um, from at least from a uh, from a Christian who is a member of a specific denomination as he was. Um, he ends He ends the preface by saying that you ought to consider um, that even though this even though he is telling you, okay, this is the uh, this is the the message of Christianity. This is taking Christianity down to brass tacks without the uh, denominational divisions incorporated. He says, in his opinion, he believes that you ought to ultimately adopt a specific denomination or congregation. Uh, now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but anybody who has ever listened to anything that, that I was involved knows that I believe you ought to disagree with at least something that somebody says, uh, because if you don't disagree with anything that, that a particular person says, then you're not thinking for yourself. You're just you've outsourced thinking to that person and whatever they say, you'll just go along with. Um, I'm not saying disagree for the sake of disagreement, but I'm saying genuine disagreement because you've thought it through and you've concluded otherwise. I'm not so sure that you need to ultimately have a congregation. But which is this at mere Christian, at this book video lecture as the hall of trying to get you into the hall. He's trying to get you through the front door and into the hallway. But so far as he's concerned, the hall is just and to, you know, to try the various doors and, and behind each door is a room where there is warmth and Uh, of a burning fire in the fireplace and food and company. And from his perspective, those doors, those rooms represent the different denominations. And the worst room to be in is actually the hallway from his perspective. And what he's encouraging you to do is to figure out which room it is that you ought to stay in. Uh, But he he adds that you must be seeking the room that is the true one, not the one that pleases you the most because it's pretty and not the one that you go to because uh, you you like the particular people. And he actually says in in plain language – The question should never be, do I like that kind of service? But instead, are these doctrines true? Is holiness here? Does my conscience move me toward this? Is my reluctance to knock at this door due to my pride or my mere taste or my personal dislike of this particular doorkeeper? Right. And he ends the preface by saying, quote, when you have reached your own room. Be kind to those who have chosen and to those who are still in the hall. If they are wrong, they will need your prayers all the more. And if they are your enemies, then you're under orders to pray for them. That is one of the rules common to the whole house. And I hope that the significance of that is not lost on anyone because C. S. Lewis is writing that not from the hallway. But he's writing that from the room that is the Anglican church. But he is not saying that you are wrong if you end up in one of the other rooms. And that's where we're coming from also. We're coming from a place where we're saying, hey, listen, you know what? Uh, I don't I don't know if you're part of the evangelical church or the Catholic church or the Methodists or the Episcopalians, and I actually don't care. uh, It's not my place. I would be elevating myself to the level of God. If I were to tell you that you were in the wrong denomination and that you were not a Christian because you chose a different room than I did.
0: Jeff, I think that that's probably a good place for us to leave it there. I think so. Thanks for
1: um, listening to this episode of the Christian Free Thinkers Project. We're really excited about covering the rest of this with you. Um, we're excited about developing and building out um, from a, a fresh perspective but not really a new perspective. Um, And we hope that you, uh, that you join us for the ride till next time. Till next time.
0: our show on iTunes as it'll help others to find, join the conversation.